You are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with DJ Evil Dave and Starfleet International Lieutenant Randy Jacob. Hi, listener. Hello. I have Brandy right here. I have Dave right here. Yeah, we have a pretty uh, lax Saturday. You're not doing like four podcasts in one day, so... Not this day. Nope, managed to <laughs> snag you for an episode of The Dark Corner. Indeed. Yeah, which is going to be a lot of reviews because we've watched a lot of things and I haven't had you around to talk about them. We so. have, and I haven't even added in the Trek stuff because... Because we have a Trek podcast. Yes, we have Trek podcasts. So. <laughs> which we'll be recording Monday. Yes. And Chris will return, which will be nice. That will be so, so good. So it'll be the three of us, which is the best dynamic. Yes, it really is. Yeah. And we will have things to say. Yeah, we will. About all kinds of the bad news, which I guess we can get into the news right off the bat then, huh? Sure, why not? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the bad news, of course, being the kind of falling through of the deals between... Paramount and Netflix regarding the playing of Star Trek overseas Uh that because Paramount Plus is going to expand next year globally you can understand that certain streaming services would be uh, I guess remiss to sign on to a deal with a future competitor for such a brief period of time yeah but the thing is this deal has been going on since 2017 yeah uh, so it's not like a recent development that they've had this contract. Yeah, it's something they could have ironed out before the premiere of the first episode of season four of Star Trek Discovery instead of falling through like the day before. No, two days before. Two days before, but well, s- such a short distance between you know the, the announcement that overseas audiences were not going to receive Star Trek this year. Yeah, well, the, here's here's the way I think it went down. I wasn't in the room. Right. Don't get me wrong. But basically, it was Netflix going, this is too expensive. Mm-hmm. We're, like, paying all your production costs. And Paramount Plus is like, you don't even know our production costs. You know how long it takes to make one episode of Discovery? <laughs> and basically, it was just th- them throwing rocks at each other and right. being very, very petty. Yeah. And basically, they just both took their balls and went home. And in doing so, screwed over the rest of the world. Yep, screwed over the cast and crew and all the production team behind Star Trek Discovery and Prodigy. Mm -hmm. That's now out. Also, the marketing team that's been doing wonders building up excitement for Season 4 of Discovery. Mm -hmm. They're left out in the cold because, you know, all this advertising they've done is coming to naught because they just cut the majority of their viewership. Yeah. Because, yeah, a lot of them are going to be in the U.S. and Canada, but there's a lot of countries abroad that watch Star Trek Discovery. Millions of people outside of the U.S. and Canada watch Star Trek, period, but have been with Star Trek Discovery since the beginning. So I guess the best case scenario is that they roll out Paramount Plus globally soon next year. I don't know if they have a date in mind. They have not given any date information. Mm -hmm. 
Because if they roll out, you know, January, February, at least that's something. But if it's going to be like around September, December of next year, that's a long wait. They can't even do a validating press release saying, hey, we know this is not great. Mm -hmm. And we're working really hard to get our own thing out as quickly as we can. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do this. It was more like oh, we're so excited for season four of Discovery and we can't wait to show you what we're doing (laughs) with launching Paramount Plus globally in 2022. I'm just like, okay, this was written by lawyers Mm -hmm. and bigwigs who made this mess. And now everybody else is left to clean it up. Mm -hmm. And so you've already got people saying, well, I'm never subscribing to Paramount Plus. Okay. I understand that knee-jerk reaction, but think about it for a moment. You have to weigh what's worth it to you. Is it worth it to you to support this show that you have loved since 2017 or wherever you came into the series? Is it worth it to you to support the actors and creatives that have created this thing that you love so much? Is it worth it to support the other people who work at this place that had nothing to do with this decision, where where do you draw the line? You want to screw it to the bigwigs? Not getting Paramount Plus isn't going to matter to them. They don't give a shit. Yeah. If you love the series, continue to support it because you want it to stay in production. You don't want it canceled. You know, if you love Discovery, if you love the cast and crew of Discovery, then yeah, do continue to watch, do continue to support the channel despite the screwing of the pooch by upper executives with making deals with distribution. Honestly, I get why no one else would want to do an international distribution right now, seeing as how Paramount Plus is now obviously announced Mm -hmm. that they're going to go global in 2022. And there are people that are like, oh, not another streaming service. Uh, If you love Star Trek... And the only way you can watch it is Paramount Plus. To me, that's a no-brainer. I've been doing it since 2017. I've been paying for it. Yeah. And I am so privileged that I live in the country of origin that I get to see this the day that it premieres. Right. And now millions of people outside of the U.S. and Canada don't get to see it at all. It's horrible. It's not right. Yeah. But again, don't punish other innocent people for the actions of a few. And it hurts Star Trek podcasters, too, because there goes their listenership. People are going to mute or unsubscribe until they can see it again. Yep. That's what all my international friends are doing. They're muting all the Star Trek references. Mm -hmm. Basically, just not talking about it at all. Because they can't. You know, they can't see it, so they can't talk about it. And then there are those who are uh, creating VPNs, I'm sure, to be able to watch it as they should have been able to. Honestly, I'm not going to comment on the uh, morality or legality of such a thing. (laughs) Right. Because uh, I am not um, a law keeper, whatever. Can't exactly blame them. No. Either. Not at all. And it seems to me that in this day and age, when it is so easy to distribute something worldwide, the fact that two companies can be so petty that they can't make this happen is just really telling. And you think if... With Netflix, if they could just slap one of their promos to one of their shows at the start of Discovery, that in itself is a huge boon for for Netflix, you know, because they get advertising on top of 
distribution rights, but yeah, for because such of the announcement for the expansion, yeah, they just don't want to do that. It's just a really dumb situation, and it has alienated and angered a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people pissed off, and there's a lot of people who are anti-Discovery in the first place, shouting vindication, although it has nothing to do with the quality of the series and everything to do with the rollout of new television, you Mm -hmm. know, the way people are doing television these days. It's not the old being slaves to your advertisers, your sponsors is the word I was looking for. You don't have to worry so much about sponsorship. That's why uh, HBO does the things they do. You know, you pay for the subscription service, and then they make whatever content, and then if you like it or not, you can go seek it out and watch it. They don't have to worry about who they're offending or if they're ruffling feathers of any brand name. Oh, there's something I forgot to add to the agenda. Okay, well... (laughs) Is it a news or is it a review? uh, It's sort of not really either. It's a thing I did on Wednesday night. Yeah, we didn't really discuss it, did we? We discussed the advancement of it, but not actually it. Do you want to talk about that here or save it for what the future holds? Um, Just give me a second. I'll explain what I'm doing in just a moment. Seems like she's taking a selfie. I am, but I'll explain why in a second. Okay. That looks good. One of the things about the um, thing... That I'm going to talk about. Should I talk about it now? Did yeah, go right it? ahead. I don't know how it happened. And frankly, I don't care. But somehow, I got an invitation to the season four premiere of Star Trek Discovery. And by that, I mean, like, the the big premiere that, mm-hmm. like, everybody goes yeah, to. Yeah, the whole red carpet thing. Yeah. yeah. Of course, there wasn't really a red carpet. It was all virtual. Yeah. I was really excited for this. There were a lot of aspects that I was looking forward to, like part of it, I mean, the whole theme of it was welcome to Starfleet 2180 or 3189, uh, Starfleet Academy. They're reopening Starfleet Academy. Right. And so, so there was a whole actual Starfleet Academy, Academy thing where we were greeted by the Commandant of Starfleet Academy. We had to go to classes. I mean, classes. Yeah. I, I use the term loosely. First, it started out with, uh, watching the season premiere of Star Trek Discovery. Now, they had a lovely countdown that the event started right on time with the greeting from Sonequa Martin-Green, who is the star of Star Trek Discovery. Black girl magic. Hmm. So she uh, has a pre-recorded thing, and then we go right into the season premiere. And everything was fine for a little while. And then about 15, 20 minutes in, my video just kept completely freezing. Right. And I know it wasn't the internet because I would try loading other web pages and they worked fine. And the chat was still going. It was uninterrupted. And so I would miss like five or ten minute chunks oh, wow. of the season premiere, which if I hadn't seen it already because of screeners, I would have been furious. Right. And so I thought, well, maybe it's just a, a streaming thing. I just don't know. And, oh, there was a thing I forgot to say. There was a thing. I had to have a special code to log in. It was just for me. I logged in, and they say, okay, take your photo for your Starfleet Academy badge. And so you're supposed to scan this QR code and then take a photo with your phone, and then it'll upload it and put your badge on with everybody else's. Well, it didn't work for me. Right. I scanned the QR code. It did the thing like, hey, uh, do this, and just click right here to take your picture. I click take a picture, and the screen goes black, and there is nothing at all, period. I can't make anything happen. 
And I tried it several times and couldn't do it. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't have time for this. Later on, I tried it just to see if maybe it would work later. Nope, sure didn't. Tried it after it was over. Didn't work. Uh, so I'm like, okay, fuck it. After that, there was the introduction to Starfleet Academy by the Commandant, during which, who is an older, lovely black woman with like nice blonde Rafi hair? Mm, nice. You know? And, and that was very much live. I mean, that was actually live. You could just tell when something's live rather than edited. Mm-hmm. Some, some people in the chat are like, is that Tawny Newsom? Oh, my God. Like, all black women are Tawny Newsom now? Mm-hmm. What? Do you not know how to tell people apart? Right. So that was irritating. But uh, at least we weren't any people, didn't have any people shouting about Trump or MAGA. Uh-huh. Would that happen in other things? Uh, it happened last year, apparently. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, didn't this year. No. They figured out a way to weed out those folk. Mm. The first one, the first class is science, which is very exciting for me. I'm a science girl. Yep. And it was going really well until about halfway through, and then my screen froze. Again. And there was like a quiz and everything. Totally missed that. And then went into the uh, command module, which was by the commandant. I saw maybe five seconds of that. Video froze. State it would it would unfreeze for like seconds where I would get like two or three words and then it would freeze again. So nothing made sense. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see any of the third module at all, which was engineering. Not one portion of it. My my screen froze and it just stayed frozen until it was time for the final exam or the Kobayashi Maru, whatever. That's not actually your final exam. And by the way, guys, it's not an unbeatable test. It's a test of character, not of, you know, can you solve this? All right. It's just what How are your choices? How do you deal choices? with loss yeah. or the no-win situation? It's a test of character. Mm-hmm. Kirk doesn't believe in the no-win situation, and apparently neither does Michael. Right. But um, even though she's been in no-win situations. Mm-hmm. And she's lost people. And people yeah. are like, well, she's never lost anybody. I'm like, I'm sorry, What? Oh, she lost her parents, and she lost a lot of the... She lost Arium. Yeah. And, like, she was directly responsible for that. Mm. And just, you know, she left everything behind to go to the future. Hello. Anyway, after that, uh, that it became a trivia contest, which I couldn't participate in, obviously, because, again, screen frozen. It would unfreeze for two or three words at a time. And uh, then afterwards, oh, in between the um, modules and the test was an interview with Sonequa Martin-Green, which I completely missed. And then at the end, they said, okay, you've graduated, and thank you for uh, sticking around. Your reward is we're going to watch episode two of season four of Discovery. And all of a sudden, the video's fine again. Right. It's fine again. It's clear. It's beautiful. It's not freezing. About 15, 20 minutes in episode two, same problem. And I just sat there staring at frozen images and choppy video for the rest of that. And then at the end, just a screen came up saying, thank you for attending Starfleet Academy, blah, blah, blah. And then I get an email uh, later that says, here's your certificate for (laughs) graduating Starfleet Academy. Okay. And... They're like, oh, if you didn't get the chance to take your photo for your badge, you can still do that. That's what I was doing just now. Right, I see. I was seeing if it worked. Okay. And it did. All right. So, now I have that. Okay. 
I was not the only person who had these problems, but those people were few in number. Mm -hmm. And because there were so many people in the chat and anything you typed went by so quickly, basically nothing was done about it. I don't know if they even could have done anything about it, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my internet's fault. No. And I just feel very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Disheartened? Disheartened. That is the right word. Disheartened at my first, my very first premiere experience. Yeah. Technical difficulties just ruining the experience because of it being so virtual and reliant on the technology. Probably 95% of the people has zero problems. Mm -hmm. You just happen to be that small minority. Yeah, of course I was. Because that's always me. Mm Mm-hmm. If there's going to be someone who's having problems during this thing that everybody's having a great time at, it's going to be me having the problems. (sighs) So, yeah, that sucked. And other things in the world suck that we're not going to get into right now because you're probably coming to us not to hear about that kind of thing. let's not talk about any of it. So, because things just kind of suck right now, we decided to put up the tree. Yeah, put up our Christmas tree. Our Gothmas tree is up in the corner and we made it extra gothy this time around <laughs> by purchasing some black and white baubles, mostly black. Because, yeah, they had ones that were just black, but it was like, well, let's get a couple other colors in there, too, or other shades, I should say. And they had silver as well, but since we had two sets, I kind of mixed and matched them, so we, I didn't put any of the silvers up. Yeah. But, yeah, we have a number of black baubles that look really good with the lights on the tree off because the black really pops and then when you turn them on the black kind of disappears a little bit except you do see the reflection off the baubles which is interesting yes because the baubles themselves are textured mm-hmm. and so what you're really getting more is the reflection of light off the off the black because of the texturing and the gloss on the baubles yes but yeah there's that plastic garland there too kind of crystally looking Kind of looks like ice, mm-hmm. and that'll capture the light well, too. And then, of course, the star that you found us on the top. It's got LED lights on it. That, well, all of the lights are LED. Yeah, so it shines nice and bright. Yeah, I searched for years for that star. Yeah, because you wanted a good tree topper, and just year after year after year, nothing. And then you found this. That is a star, and yeah, it's lights up really well well this is almost identical to one we had when i was growing up except ah, that one was gold right and i had actually been looking for that type of tree topper mm-hmm. for years and it just i just couldn't find it and i ended up finding it at lowe's one night <laughs> it was the last one yep. too makes me want to plug it in should i yeah do it <laughs> dave's gonna plug in the tree Oh, yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, there we go. Lights of the tree are on. Yeah, you can still see the black baubles pretty well. So. Yep. Yeah. And we got black snowflakes coming. Yeah, I'm feeling the, some of the gaps. I can already see one of the kind of acorny shaped baubles that I might have to move because one's too close to another. Well, and frankly, folks, it was not hard to find black ornaments. <laughs> no, no, there's plenty. Yeah, you can probably get them at your local grocery store yeah. your seasonal section they had them at target they had mm-hmm. them at walmart they had them on amazon mm-hmm. so we did very well yeah so it's nice having the tree up you know make us happy and if there's anything they don't want you to be it's happy mm-hmm. so you have to really take steps to ensure that you are 
Indeed. Yeah. Uh, anything else in news you want to address? Yes. Okay, so last week, no, earlier this week, I got an email that Fanex tickets for 2022 were going on sale. Yes. That's the annual convention we go to, you guys. I'm sure you remember, but just yep. in case. Yeah, we report from it. We Yes, we do. And I just happened to say it out loud when my boss was in the office. Ah. And he's like, so when do those go on sale? I said, oh, they go on sale on Friday at noon. And uh, this is the biggest discount that they'll offer during the year. So we always right. get them in that first round. He's like, well, uh, I'm going to buy those for you this year. I'm like, what? <laughs> he says, yeah. I mean, you do so much. And this is just a way for me to say thanks as well, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I was talking about... The VIP tickets, how I missed having that special guest badge because mm -hmm. it really got me into anything more easily. I said, it's like VIP, but the VIP is just so expensive. And he's like, well, how much are they? And I said, well, I don't know how much they'll be this year, but they usually range between about 250 to $300 a ticket. And that's yeah. just obscene. He's like, no, I'd be willing to do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And he says, yeah. And I'm like, no. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to make your experience better. Mm. Just put them on your company credit card. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will let you do this. So Friday, the tickets went on sale. And he says, as long as they're between $250, $300, that's fine. And even at full price, they would have still been under $300 right. each. But yeah, it was $221 with the discount. It was so weird filling out all that information for the exclusive shirt that you get yep. and all these other little things. And that's and, swag bag. Yeah. And the the thing is, is that they only sell a limited number of VIP tickets because mm -hmm. if everybody's a VIP, no one is. So now we get priority seating and mm -hmm. all the panels and autograph lines. And yep. if we dare decide to do a photo op, God help us. <laughs> um we could do that, mm -hmm. etc. So that's pretty fucking cool. At least we'd have the shorter line if we did a photo op. Yeah, and we get to go in an hour earlier than everybody else. Yep, uh, out onto the floor early so you can hit the vendors really early, yep. which is usually fun because then you can really stop and talk to some of them. Like if those dice makers are there again, yeah, you can stop and have a conversation with yep. somebody. Uh, and yeah, there's reserved seating at some of the bigger. Panels. Even the smaller panels have some reserved yep. seating. And so if you're VIP, you can sit anywhere. So you could sit right up front if you wanted. Indeed. So that's very exciting, and I am very grateful. Yeah, it'll be a nice bonus because you work really hard for that company. You've done a lot for them. So Yeah, this is... Yeah, uh, it makes sense. It's kind of like your, your bonus for next year or whatever. Yeah, well, it's not, though, because we'll still get Christmas bonuses because yep. that's just the way my boss is. Yeah, and I should have an incentive coming one of these days. Well, and I really honestly think that it's due to some classes he's been taking online lately mm. that is reminding him that people have to work to live, but they're not living to work. Yep. Yeah, so. you, you work for the, your employer. You don't work for the company. And if your employer sucks, you'll leave. Because mm -hmm. yep. brand loyalty used to be a thing back in the day where you'd work for the company and you had this company spirit. And that age doesn't really exist anymore. No, because you you don't leave companies. You leave yep. managers. Yeah, you leave managers. Yeah. If you have a bad manager, you'll leave your job. Yep. Despite if the company's good or not. Yep. 
Well, they can't be that good if they're letting a terrible person be your manager. That's true. That's true. They should have better hiring practices or promotional practices for, for upper management or middle management. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I was kind of floored when you announced it. It was like, holy crap. Yeah, well, I told I texted that inf- I told you he was going to do that, and your response was what? What? <laughs> what? Reminds me of uh, Evil Uno on AEW games streaming them playing like a Mario Party game, <laughs> and you can do emotes, and while Luigi would occasionally go what? <laughs> then Leva doing the voices, and people thinking it was in the game, and then turning to see her, and she's like doing the voices. <laughs> As she's reading the thing. Oh my god, so funny. Doing this cute little anime voice. Ad-libbing stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. That was so funny. Okay, so moving on, I guess, to... guess we're dark track and then we can get into the reviews yeah okay the dark track of this episode is a mashup and that kind of ties into one of our reviews and it's a mashup done by Elias and the error one of these bands that i follow on twitter and picked up their entire digital library on Bandcamp. and one of those albums or eps is Laser Tag Pizza Party 3, <laughs> which is a compilation of mashups. And some of them are really unusual, like taking a song and adding clips from the Power Rangers in mm. as like the vocals or one where they had a hotline to talk about the band. And he, he put in clips of that over the music, <laughs> just really unusual stuff. And the one we have is a mashup with New Order's Blue Monday and this song by Crazy Frog. I forget what the name of it is. I think it's... I can't actually remember, but it's one of those jock jams that they play mm-hmm. at, like, basketball games. Yeah, but it was... Yeah. That was actually Axel F. Oh, yeah, there's song. Axel F. Yeah, yeah, the Beverly Hills Cop yeah. theme thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and, yeah, the, some other like vocal elements in there too so it's like a mashup of three or four different things Mm -hmm. so uh yeah elias and the air is really cool electronic band that uh plays a lot with different genres and you get that with some of these mashups and remixes and what have you and then the original stuff too bits of rap and hip-hop mixed in with the old synth wave or ebm and IDM and all that kind of stuff. So this is Elias and the Error with F Monday.
bobbing your head to it, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Of course, Blue Monday is very well-known New Order song, the one that they played for the Wonder Woman 84 trailer. And it was so overplayed in its time that I got so sick of it. Yep. But I've gotten over that now. Well, that's kind of funny, the songs that got played to death in your youth, and you can hear them again later on, and you're like, okay, this this song is okay again. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. When it gets overplayed, you're like, I'm so sick of this song, and then you hear mm-hmm. it like 20 years later, and like, yeah, it's still a jam. Yeah. Yeah. And that certainly is a jam, and it's fun, the ding, 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 <laughs> bits of uh, vocals added to it. It's a nice little fun touch. So, yeah, very fun music that you can pick up uh, relatively inexpensively. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And and I I was two. Butts, 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 butts. (laughs) I guess we get into our... I'll review show. Where do you want to begin? Should we start with Pitch Perfect? Well, yeah, since it's the most recent. And since it kind of ties in with our Dark Track selection. Uh, We're doing movie nights on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So we'll have something to talk about on the show and also just catch up on, you know, the little gaps in our viewership kind of thing. There's so many, really. You know, the the things that we've always intended to see and never have. Mm Mm-hmm. And I heard so many good things about Pitch Perfect and that Still Buffering had an episode where they were talking about it that I realized, oh, yeah, I, I should save this for after watching it. <laughs> Which you did. And that yep. was very nice of you. Yeah. So, yeah, hearing about the movie after I watched it was an interesting thing. I didn't see it originally because reasons. I don't even know why. It's yeah. not like I avoided it. No, it's just something that's... It's like the Bring It On movies, too. I've heard things about them as well, and I haven't seen them, really. I think I've seen the first one. Yeah. But it's been years. Yeah. And I remember enjoying it. But um, <laughs> but yeah. this is more my lane, yeah. if you know what I mean. Well, do you want to talk about that? Like yes, your do. own history? <laughs> we'll, we'll use that as the gateway into review. Well, to be fair, I was in an acapella group in high school. Yep. But it was a choir situation. Um, however, I was in a smaller acapella group also in high school, same year, my senior year, which was nine females. Wow. Did you guys have a clever name? No. No, we did not. In fact, I can't even remember what our name was. I was a second soprano in that because that's the hardest thing to find is a second soprano. Usually there's... Really high voices, really low voices. Finding that middle range is not exactly easy. Right. And I really wanted to just sing alto, but there were already three altos, so I had to be second soprano, Mm. which was fine, because that meant I still got to harmonize, and I love harmonizing. Right. So I do have experience for making music with my mouth. Yeah, this connected to you on a level. Yeah, many levels. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you kind of looked at it, kind of, like, side-glancing, like, what is this movie? And then you're like, oh, my God, this is, yeah, it just connected to you. This is life. Yeah. 
It's like, I, I get this. Back during the time that it came out, I don't know what was going on in 2012 in my life. I don't remember exactly. But uh, I didn't have time for that movie for right. some reason. Yeah. Of course, now it's so much easier to rent a movie because mm. you can just do it digitally. Yeah, you just see which service is streaming it, which is the least expensive or free, mm-hmm. and then you grab it from there. And for a while, I just didn't get Anna Kendrick, and then something... I can't remember what it was. I think... Did she judge, like, So You Think You Could Dance, or no. was she guest... I think maybe no. she was a guest on a talk show, and she was just adorable. Yes, I think that was the case. Yeah. And finally, it clicked for me. And then I saw the movie... My, my friend Aaron gave me a copy of the movie up in the air to watch it uh, her and george clooney yes no there was not a romance between them and that's for the best um vera farmiga was also in it once i saw that movie i'm like okay i want to watch everything you've ever been in now because i just really enjoy her yes and so seeing her at this like really early stage of movies for her was really fun because she's playing something totally different yeah she's playing a dj who wants to engineer and mix music as a profession in LA and her dad teaches at this university Mm -hmm. and so because of that she can take college classes for free so you know she can just go and learn and he wants her to do at least one year and see how that goes and join clubs or whatever and just really commit to it and of course she doesn't want to because she wants to do her own thing and Mm. yeah her her dad is a piece of work but yeah. Things get a little relaxed between them later on. Well, see, that's a thing that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just go ahead and go there. Yeah. When we first meet her dad, she's just moving into her dorm. And when she arrives on campus, she sees this guy singing. Oh, yeah. And then he looks at her and he starts singing to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like into it, but trying not to show that she's into it. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> smiling at him like he's just being a goof yeah. and she was enjoying that. And she was enjoying that. And she's, you know, she's kind of like almost like new grunge, yep. you know. Yeah, she's, they call her alt girl because yeah. she has like smoky eyes and like black fingertips. And mm-hmm. she's got those ear piercings that are like a rod through one hole in your ear and through mm-hmm. the other. And they're talking about how extreme that was. And I'm like, oh my God, you don't even fucking know what yeah, extreme you, is. You haven't seen like silver dollar size gauges or anything like yeah. that. That's not exactly how the movie starts. <laughs> no. But that's how we first meet Becca, mm-hmm. which is nice because her name is just B-E-C-A, Becca. Yeah, Becca. But we see her dad come in and he's all gung-ho for her to take all these classes. Not honoring at all all what she actually wants to do with her mm-hmm. life not supporting her nope. nothing she basically treating her like she's an idiot and he knows best and i did not like him right off the bat mm-hmm. i loved when she called her stepmother the step monster and and asked how the step monster's doing and then he tells her and he's like i only wanted to say step monster i really don't care how she's doing yeah there he basically tells her that if she you know, well, he visits her more than once, but the second time he says, you know, if you, you just need to really commit to this, you know, you've been here a month, you need to just join one group, mm-hmm. join one group. And if at the end of the year, you still want to leave, I will pay your way to LA and help you get settled there. Yep. And so she's like, okay, you're on. There is an altercation la- later. Basically, she ends up getting arrested for destruction of property. It's not her fault. It was nope. completely accidental. It was an accident, yeah. And 
this this guy friend that she actually had singing was singing to her at the beginning. She uh, he calls her dad. Mm-hmm. Now for me, she's a legal adult. She that can was, call her own oh, dad. That was overstepping. Yeah, that was way overstepping. Mm-hmm. So I understand why she was so upset. And he just basically dresses her down. Uh, Her father shows up, dresses her down, is completely disrespectful, doesn't listen to anything that she says. Again, that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Big problem. And says, if you, you know, if you think I'm going to pay your way to L.A. now, forget it. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck you. (laughs) No wonder she doesn't want to be there. You Mm -hmm. are a dick. Yeah. We don't see him again until later in the film. And now it seems like things are just suddenly fine between them. And he's being a kind and understanding father. And I'm like, hang on. (laughs) What the fuck is this? Yeah, it's weird because she kind of came to him because she's realized that she keeps pushing people away. Yeah. And that she might even be doing that with her own father. And so it's a way that because she came to him softer, he softened too. Yeah, it's but... like whenever they they had a relationship, you know, beforehand, like anytime they had some kind of confrontation, it was already, you know, people had their guards up. And it's like since she came in without her guard up, you know, or guard down, he lowered his guard too and was trying to be more understanding, I guess. And <laughs> ta- just... talked about how lonely he is. Yeah, that that was actually the thing that did not make sense. Yeah, in this it was film to it me. was weird at it was a tonal shift and a change in a character that seemed unmotivated. It it was unearned. Yeah. It was unearned. We didn't see the change in her father to explain why he would soften like that. Yeah. And so that's my kind of take on it is because she came to him, you know, not looking to pick a fight that there was no fight. That's That just doesn't really work for me because he spent this entire movie trying to make her into something she's not yeah. and not honoring Anything that she actually wants to do with her life. What she's really good at. In fact, she's getting a an internship. There's kids screaming outside, it sounds like. Yeah. An internship with the college radio station, which is mostly consists of just stacking and moving CDs and records and what have you. That she gets with the male lead, too. They're both working there. And there's this hot DJ with abs and... He looks like he's probably Australian, <laughs> playing American. <laughs> uh, no, he wasn't playing American. No. No. He, there was he much had, accent. He had an accent. Yeah, was he probably accent. was Australian, to be honest with I you. I thought he was British. He might be British, yeah. But yeah, the and she keeps doing making these mixes on these little thumb drives and giving them to the DJ and he won't ever play them. And eventually one day he's playing it. He's and playing one sing, of her songs yeah, where yeah, she's actually songs. singing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she mixed a couple of tracks and then went in with her own singing because she can sing. And we haven't even got to the acapella stuff yet. Yeah, we're but, gonna. Yeah. So, you know, she's good at what she does. And the she's even playing to the male lead, her mixes, and he says it's really good as well. Mm-hmm. You know, she's talented. Yeah. He says, such and such DJ, and it was a famous DJ, I don't mm-hmm. know who it was, yep. made a mix of this, yours is better. Mm-hmm. He's, he straight up tells her, yours, yeah, yours is better. Yours is better, and, and she's he, got the confidence to say, yeah, it is. Well, the thing is, is that uh, she believes him. He's mm-hmm. not just blowing smoke up her ass, because yep. before he was just like, yeah, whatever. I get tons of people who try to get me yep. to play their stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get into the acapella stuff. The acapella stuff. So, there is four groups acapella groups at this school and there's the whole 
regionals, semifinals, finals, all that stuff. And so they have to have like an internal battle between the multiple teams at this university to have one that they or two that they send on to, you know, the finals. And uh, in a previous year, this uh, all lady group. The Bella Barden. The Bella. Barden Bellas. Barden Bellas. Kind of lackluster performance but the leader gets nervous and she throws up on stage and that ruins their chances she was the to be next leader she yeah. wasn't actually the leader uh, at that time right but then became the leader because the following yeah because the leader was graduating yeah and so their that group is pretty much ruined after that and they have to start from you know square one and build up a whole new acapella team which is why they come across Becca and <laughs> try to get her involved in it. It's like, you know, sort of like a college orientation day or whatever. Yeah. And all the groups have are set up in the quad and have booths and whatnot. Yeah, there's the deaf Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Which were actually deaf, deaf Jews. Jews. Yep. Uh, the DJs. Yep. Yeah, because she goes up to the DJ booth and <laughs> realizes, oh, they're Jews. the deaf Jews. Yeah, the other main com- competition is the troublemakers. The troublemakers, the high notes, the ones that were the, all always stoned, high. and there's another group too that I can't remember. We're kind name. of like a a mixed group as well. Yeah. So um, the troublemakers, their leader is a dick. Yeah. Yes, he's very good at what he does, but he's a dick. His name's what Bumper. Bumper. Yeah. yeah. Adam, what's this guy's name? I can't remember. I want to say Levine, but that's not it. No, no, no. 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 But Just, yeah, he's a he's a comedian who was in, now I'm forgetting the name of the Comedy Central show he was on for years. Workaholics? Workaholics. Yeah, he was on Workaholics. Has kind of a baby face. Was playing a real jerk. Yeah, I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Yeah. In a second. Yeah, I'm not going to get anybody's names right. Well, that's why you have me and yep. IMDb. So what, Rebel Wilson, right? Is that her name? Yeah, that's the actor. Yep, and then there's Anna Kendrick, who plays Becca. Okay, finding, finding. It's Devine. Devine. So it's not Levine, Adam Devine. Yeah. Okay, or Devine. Devine? Devine? I don't know. I think it's Devine. Devine? Whatever. Uh, Adam, yep. yes. Anyway, very funny. Mm-hmm. And just really sells that whole hot shot where... You know, the top dogs of this acapella, you know, of the acapella groups. There are obviously a lot of people in this movie who can sing. Right, including the Broadway guy. Uh, He's not the only one. Yeah. So his roommate, our little magic-wielding friend. Oh, yeah, he's in uh, Saving Evan Hansen. Is that the name of that? (laughs) Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Uh, Ben Platt is his name. He has been on Broadway as well. The woman playing Chloe, who is our ginger, mm-hmm. she also played the um, bitchy suck-up girl in the Hairspray movie. Right. And, of course, we've seen Rebel Wilson in many things. Uh-huh. Anna Camp, who plays Aubrey, who is the one who vomited all over everything. She has been in a shit ton of things. <laughs> in fact, I can't even list all the things that she's been in. She's done some voiceover work. She's done a lot of live action. She's she's just done a lot of things. So I won't even go into all of them. She definitely, obviously, can sing. We know Rebel Wilson can sing. A lot of um, 
interesting girls end up getting a chance to be part of the Bellas. Yeah, including the uh, very quiet one. The one who has gills. Yep. I was born with gills like a like a fish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. She was also in an episode of Workaholics. No, oh, that's fun. <laughs> so, connection. Mm-hmm. And there's this rule also that the Barton Bells... Bellas? Barden Bellas. Because it's not a real college, which kind of throws you off because it's like, what's yeah. the name of this school? It, it, that they can't have any relations with the troublemakers. Which is dumb. Yeah. And so there's this kind of Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Yeah. You know, the forbidden love. Yeah, and Aubrey is ruling the group with an iron fist. We're doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And if we just do it right, we will win. No. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is insanity. And they all... It's just so boring. And just... They're all dressed like fucking flight attendants. Yep, and super high heels. And they're just doing songs not even from this century. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just not good. And so... Uh, so she's yeah. trying to whip them into shape because mm-hmm. the semifinals are coming and they have to get second place or better so that they can advance. And she's so devoted to winning and doing it right and not taking chances and not changing a thing mm-hmm. that has to be exactly this. And of course, Becca is this rebel outsider with different ideas and there's even one performance that she can tell everybody's getting bored. And so because she does mashups... She starts doing that with the team mm-hmm. and people get interested in it. And you see, you know, people like, hey, this is different. Mm-hmm. But of course, because she did it spontaneously, she threw off other members of the group, including, was it Aubrey, mm-hmm. that uh, they kind of kicked her out of the group or she went ahead and volunteered and left? Well, basically... Aubrey was going to kick her out of the group. Yeah. So she's like, okay, if this is what I get for trying, and she just walks away. Yeah, she walks away. Yeah. Yeah. But realizes, oops. <laughs> I actually enjoy being with these these nerdy acapella girls. Mm-hmm. We're skipping a lot of competition in between, and that's yeah. fine. You don't need to hear about every competition. Yeah, it, it's basically a musical, so a lot of the, the story is the songs themselves, which are all great. It's a great soundtrack. Yes, it it's is It's a really great acapella acapella performances yeah they're at the finals where the top two people will advance to the um show in lincoln center Mm -hmm. which is the international finals it's found out that uh one of the people was a ringer Mm -hmm. on the team that won first place yep that he was their lead Mm -hmm. and he went to a different school Mm -hmm. so they were disqualified Mm -hmm. and so the bellas who came in third get advanced because now they're they came in second in that competition becca and the hell is his name yeah i forget the lead's name too i mean i didn't know his actual name but i can't remember his character's name it's so funny how i have to scroll past like four females just to get to him jesse that's it jesse okay uh jesse and becca jessa jesse and becca jessa jessa they're jessa (laughs) so jessa celebrity name jessa breakup but they weren't even actually technically dating. Yeah, because she's not looking to be in a relationship, really. And he's really pursuing her because mm-hmm. he finds her interesting and does that weird kind of 
guy thing of trying to expose her to his interests, which he's into movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't watched a single movie completely because she can usually guess the ending. Like that Darth Vader was Luke's father because Vader is actually German for father. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's oh, like okay, so you know stuff. <laughs> it's like, it's right there. It's like, it's obvious that the whole thing was the soundtrack to The Breakfast Club. And don't you forget about me and how impactful that is as, you know, a closing song to this movie. And she didn't get it until she actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Mm. But in fairness, and this is something still buffering brought up, is though that does seem like a very guy thing is and I've done that kind of to you too, is exposing you to like goth industrial music. It's a very guy thing to expose their interests to the woman that they're pursuing. Mm-hmm. But she kind of did that with him too, with having him listening to her stuff. He's like, this is the thing that interests me. This is the stuff I'm doing. This is stuff I want to do for a living. I want to mix music. So at least there was this cultural exchange rather than just him exposing her to culture like she was some uncultured thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you introduced me to Baz Luhrmann with the, the, that dance. What's the name of that dance Strictly movie? Strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom. That's right. Yeah, Strictly Ballroom. Which I still adore. Yeah, that's a great movie. Because, yeah, you exposed me to that. It's like, yeah, I, this movie's great. And I also exposed you to musicals, which you did not get before. No, nah, not really. I mean, I've seen them before, but and never really dug them. But, yeah, he was like, yeah, you just got to wa- watch the right ones. Yes, not every musical is good. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's a whole weird romance between the two of them. You know, him pursuing her and she's putting up walls till she realizes that yeah, I do like him and want him. And by then, he was tired of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't need this. I don't need to play these games. I don't need to be, you know, pursuing something I can never win. And so that final competition, she puts in, don't you forget about me? And he's like, oh, yeah, she understands me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets me. She gets what that song means to me. Yeah, and she keeps singing, when you walk on by, when will you, you call my name? By. And we're waiting for it, and we're waiting for it, and we're waiting for it, and finally he puts his, his puts fist up in his the air. fist, like, like, yeah. <laughs> so like good. at the end of the movie. Oh, but the, not only is it just good because of the music, and because it has an interesting plot, but just the comedy of it, the dialogue. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so great. Because you know Rebel is improvising everything. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with her different dance styles and one of them's mermaid. And mm-hmm. she gets on the ground and does kind of mermaid thing. You've got to figure that's going to be improvised. Oh, I'm sure. And they play a little blooper too when she was improvising a thing about gingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was just... It's like the jokes come hard and fast. Yeah. It's... The uh, excuse me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's super, just charming, I guess is the word I'm looking for. One of the best moments, and I think, you know, Still Buffering referenced this too, is the riff off. Yes! Where they go to this empty swimming pool and the four groups are pitted against each other in this, this randomized category of songs. Songs about sex, songs from the 80s. And there's actually an improv game called Hotspot. Uh-huh. It's a warm-up game where somebody goes in the middle of a circle and sings a song. And if it, if it links to another song, 
person can step in and sing that song. And this had, it seemed it's stricter roles that you had to pick a word from the title. And mm-hmm. so they kind of got shut out by doing it's instead of it, because it's is a different word than it. <laughs> but that it's just inspired because it's improvising acapella. Mm-hmm. One member of the group would start singing and the others would come in doing instrumentation and backup and yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a really fun scene, and that scene alone is enough to watch it. But it's yes. it's good beyond that scene. Yeah, seeing the competition at the end. Yeah, that's a really good scene too. Because yeah. okay, so we have to say Dick gets a job to sing backup on some. Oh yeah, bumper. Guys. John Mayer's. John Mayer. He's going to be a backup album. singer. Yeah, and so he's deserting them before the international finals. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, he comes in and says this. And all of the other guys are sitting together in a hot tub like it's so crowded. And I'm like, Dave, it's like that scene in the Honeybee Inn on Final Fantasy VII. Oh, my yep. God. It's Dick, laughing so When you hard. hear the weird noises and everybody has porn mustaches. Yeah, it's yeah. just so fucking funny. They're like, oh, my God, we need another person. And, of course, through the entire movie, Jesse has this roommate that he meets on the first day who's got like his entire half of the room done up as Star Wars and whatnot. And it's like really extreme. Um, <laughs> says, I'm not just this kind of nerd. I'm also into close-up magic. Yeah. And uh, that character's name is Benji. Yep. Um, and Jesse is like cool with it. Yeah, he's really nice about yeah, it. And they become really close friends. And so, yeah, when there's an opening, he goes to Benji. Yeah, he says, Benji, there's a spot available in Troublemakers and it's yours if you mm-hmm. want it. And just my heart is just like, Yes, mm-hmm. yes, of course. That's the first person you think of. And so he gets to compete in the finals, and he's awesome. Yeah, he has that moment where he talks about the magic in him and has his own little solo. Yeah, it was so, so good. It was so good. It's a, such a fun film. It is so fun. Yeah, if you need that, that shot in the arm or just something to make you feel good, this is mm-hmm. one of those movies. It's just, it's just a feel-good movie. And it's just, they're just things that I've never seen in a movie before. Like when Becca, Becca told the Bella, uh, the Barden Bellas that she couldn't sing anyway mm-hmm. at that first day. Oh, yeah. She's- and uh, so she goes in, she's going in to take a shower. It's like community oh, right. showers. Yeah. And there's somebody already in there, obviously with a guy behind her uh-huh. in the shower. Yeah. And I'm you like, see, oh my God. These hairy feet. And she's singing to herself. Mm-hmm. And she's starting her shower and still singing. And somebody rips back the curtain, and it's Chloe. Chloe's stark naked. Stark naked, yep. And Becca's trying to cover herself up, and she's just like, you can sing. And she's like, come on, start singing that song again. I'm not going to leave until you do. Yeah. Becca starts singing. Chloe starts harmonizing. And it's, like, really good. And so she's, Mm. like, convincing her all this time to get into the Bellas. And finally, she agrees to audition. Chloe's toy... Comes out of the shower and comes around the corner and I can't remember what he says. Doesn't matter. He's just there to Yeah, I think he said, yeah, that was really good singing. Chloe was just like, it's okay. I'm really confident about Uh, all all this. this." Yeah, standing there naked. (laughs) And and, and then Becca's like, and you should be. And you should be. It's It's just, it's moments Mm -hmm. like that that make this movie gold. It's just not always what you expect. And I even forgive it the two vomit scenes. And you yep. know how I am about yeah, vomit Yeah, and they're scenes. extreme. They're like... Really ridiculously over like the top. Like that Team America yeah. movie vomit mm-hmm. scene. It's just over... Like, you'd die if you threw up that much. Yeah, you would. And yeah, Becca's audition to get 
on a team when she's doing the thing with the cup. Mm-hmm. She pours out pins from a cup and she's flipping around and doing claps to do the percussion and she sings along to that. That's a great moment. Well, they were saying, oh, I didn't know that we were supposed to all do the same song, mm-hmm. so I didn't come prepared to do that. And they were like, just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. And yeah. she was just sitting on the ground with that cup. Yeah, with that like... cup doing kind of like a patty cake thing, flipping the cup up and down mm-hmm. to, to get the, the percussion. Which Riley of Still Buffering taught herself to do and taught her friends to do. I can't, I can't, don't doubt it. To the point it. where in a class they're like, you can't have cups. We're going to take all these cups away from you. No solo cups or cups of any kind. Yeah. Needless to say, when they come in the end with their A-game, with Becca mm-hmm. creating mashups for them and with them doing better choreography yep. they're not all dressed like flight attendants <laughs> yeah you know, they're yeah, edgy aubrey and... gets the stick out of her ass and realizes yeah. she's was con- too controlling mm-hmm. too much of her father is that you have to win that's it it's like win or nothing it's like no you have to take chances you have to be different you have to innovate mm-hmm. you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect like you were saying that you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results yeah and and aubrey finally gets to that point where she says okay becca what do we do? Yep, what do we do? And they really had a change because, was it Chloe that had the nodes? Mm-hmm. And so suddenly she has a bass voice now. Well, so, not, not all, this, not all yeah, the time, yeah, but when but, she sings, suddenly it goes really low. Yeah, she, she can do the bass notes. So they had to change everything because Chloe couldn't do the same solos she used to. Because mm-hmm. she couldn't hit those high notes. Yep. The doctor says, I may not be able to hit anything over a G-sharp ever again. Wow. For reviews, that was the big one. Uh, what else you want to review? Let's go with the next biggest one, which is Garth Marenghi. Dark Garth, Mar- Marenghi's Garth Marenghi's Dark, dark place. place. This I've heard about for ages. Yeah. Uh, various horror podcasts talking about it. The Black Dog referring to it. Jim Moon of Hypnagoria referring to it. It's weird because it came out around the same time as that Kingdom show that Stephen King was about. Uh-huh. Is this hospital where supernatural things occur. And it's as if you had like this British version of Stephen King, but stupid and misogynist. Uh-huh. To point where he, I think he dropped out of sixth grade or something like that. Some ridiculous thing. <laughs> because he realized he learned everything he needed to know and that was good enough. Mm-hmm. Just this huge head on and just this author of all these horror movies or horror movies, horror novels that are just ridiculous. Like he'll read segments of them. Blood, oh. blood, blood, more blood and bits of sick. <laughs> It's really short series, but it's done in this 80s style. So they nail it. Yeah, like this BBC series that that never came to air until later. And they have this kind of documentary style where they're talking to, you know, the producers, the actors. Matt Berry of What We Do in the Shadows is in it. And of the IT crowd. And of the IT crowd that was is the, the other time guy. I saw him. Yeah, the other. No, no, no. Matt Berry. Matt was Berry in the is I... in the IT. Oh yeah, yeah he's he was like the, crazy the boss. boss. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. He's yeah. like the big boss because I thought more of the the basement IT crew than thinking about like upper management people. But oh. yeah, he was a boss. That was the first time I remember seeing yeah. uh, Matt Berry and Richard Iote, who I love, mm-hmm. who plays his publisher and like the administrator for the hospital. Yeah. 
and it's just bizarre. There's there's at least one really gory scene per episode. Mm-hmm. And there's that one that he was talking about racism and it dealt with the Scottish. <laughs> 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 These Scottish ghosts that came to the hospital and mm-hmm. were demanding justice. Yep. And his grasshopper kid mm-hmm. that jumped too high and got hit by like a helicopter or something bizarre like that. Yeah. Decapitated by a helicopter. It's a bizarre series. So, yeah, it's just about these doctors at this hospital where bizarre happenings occur. And they're all incompetent. And misogynistic. And there's a whole thing about the lady doctor. I forget her character's name. Madeline. Madeline. That she has these psychic abilities. And so she can see visions and stuff. But there's this one episode where she goes all carry on everybody. I mean, even the opening credits of the show, I mean, like, when you actually start watching the Mm -hmm. episode, because there's always an introduction to the episode from Garth Marenghi himself, and then it goes to the credits, and it's so fucking 80s. I mean, it is so Yeah, it's like T.J. Hooker um, sliding across the hood of a car kind of 80s. Yeah, except it's him running with a baby, Mm -hmm. then an ambulance behind him explodes, and he does, like, this front flip, and I'm like... That's actually really him doing mm. that because you can't fake that. No, I mean, yeah, this the doll, of course. Is, you is, know, the baby the, is yeah, a the doll. A doll. But, yeah, of course. But and just ridiculous things like they were at a funeral and the body comes out of the grave and he whips out this huge pistol and shoots at him. Mm-hmm. It's like he had that pistol that whole time. Well, the thing is, everything that we see in the opening credits actually happened in the series except for that him running with the baby mm. and the ambulance explosion. Yeah. It was so weird. It was just like very, okay, we got to get some TJ Hooker in here. Let's just throw the scene in. It's fine. Yeah. So I forget what we saw it on. Probably Prime or something like that. I do believe it was Prime, yes. Yeah. But that's a recommend if you want a nice laugh. And it's just so cheesy 80s just capturing that style and just how ridiculous Garth Marenghi is as Mm -hmm. a character and as a writer. Just the intensity and... The establishing shots, because it's done like kind of like a soap opera, you know, it would be like a late night soap opera style series. And so they do establishing shots at the hospital. So there's this wide angle and then the camera would seek out different windows and land on one just randomly. Mm-hmm. And also that they had this weird model of a car that wasn't actually a car. It was just some and they'd be driving from one part of the hospital to another <laughs> in the dark. And it's like, is that a tunnel connecting the two hospitals? What's going on here? There's just moments of it that... It's ridiculous. You just wonder, this makes no sense. Of course, him on top of the roof playing saxophone with the oh, purple Lord. sky in the background. Yeah, it always ends with him on the roof. Yeah. Every episode yeah. ends with him on the roof. Yeah, kind of recapping the events of the episode. I really didn't 100% know what to expect but, you know, oh, and by the way, this was not made in the 80s, guys, no. of course, but it was 2004 mm-hmm. when this was made. And still, they capture the 80s so perfectly, it's, you would actually believe this was the 80s. That the hair, the music, and just weird camera angles, like, because their boss is so tall, they'll do, like, angles... Mm-hmm. Where they're looking way up at him, or he's looking way down at them, like there's a yeah. difference of five feet. <laughs> it's 
So ridiculous. Or looking at the camera while reading lines and sudden jump cuts like it's just incompetently made. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So ridiculous. So entertaining. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see what else we have on the docket here. All right. Let's go with The Apple. The Apple. This is another movie I've heard a lot about. Some of you out there might be familiar with the Canon Film Group. They did all the Death Wish sequels. They did a lot of these, like, kickboxer-style action movies. This was their super ambitious movie musical. (laughs) And it's a notorious cult flick, one of these midnight movies that you'll go see. It is bizarre, but we enjoyed the hell out of we it. We had the best time it's watching one, this it's, movie. It's like how Rocky Horror connected with a weirdo group of fans. It's mm-hmm. got that same kind of energy. Is There's a certain group that this will appeal to. It's not going to be for everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, some people watch it and go, what the hell is this? Yeah, it is campy as fuck. Don't get me wrong. But it's a really bizarre tell of adam and eve basically uh-huh. but done during a future 1990s because yeah, this was like 1996 filmed in 1980 i think uh-huh. and so the music is all over the place there's even a reggae song they do uh-huh. towards the middle of it but yeah it's all about the music industry and this kind of soulful folk group and how this big popular music company wants to sign them and basically sign their souls and turn them into something else. And of Mm -hmm. course, the guy, our Adam replacement, sees visions of what would happen if he does sign and it's like basically hell on earth. Like literally. And meanwhile, our Eve-like character does sign. And so you see a split between the two of them. As I was watching the credits, Alfie is our hero. Right. BB is the his girlfriend who signs with... Uh, Mr. With Boogaloo. Mis- yeah, Boogaloo Re- Records. Yeah. Yeah, basically it was, it opens with this Eurovision song contest, except it's not Eurovision. Yeah. And it's this group singing this song about Bim. What the fuck is Bim? We never find out. Yeah. Bim, I think, is the devil. Hmm. And there's even the sign of the beast, which is this triangle merchandise, like, sticker thing that you can wear that becomes super popular. It actually becomes illegal not to wear one. Mm-hmm. If you're not wearing your BIM merchandise, you can be arrested you can, or fined. You can be fined. Yeah. You don't have to get a citation. So it's this little reflective triangle that people put on their forehead or their cheek or whatever. It's surreal. It's out there. Y- yes, that is a word for it. BB is played by Catherine Mary Stewart, who I first saw in The Last Starfighter. Right. She was Maggie, who was the girlfriend of mm-hmm. Alex, who went off and... Became a starfighter. I had no idea that she sang and danced. Because mm-hmm. I looked her up and I'm like, oh no, she was studying in England. She was studying dance and singing. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Because there was a scene you had actually seen before. And that's yes. her singing Speed. Mm-hmm. Which is like her big hit after signing with Boogaloo Records. Which is a very 80s song about amphetamines. Yeah. About how America, you know, gets speed. You know, get juiced up, get it in your veins. Yeah, it's like they're making it sound like they're talking about actual speed of vehicles, but they're not. What kills me is the one where, like, the formerly big pop group, the female of that group tries to seduce Alfie. And there's that song about 
come with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so obviously they're talking about sex. It's like, yeah, there's people having sex in the background. Oh, yeah. That's Pandy and Dandy. Pandy is the, uh, the woman. And the musical segments are really highly produced and elaborate and expansive. Like the one in the basically the waiting room waiting mm-hmm. to go in and get signed. That goes on for like ever. Yeah. And it was one of the songs I liked the most. It was about just fame. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of the tradition song from Fiddler on the Roof a little bit. You know, that kind of energy. Yeah. There's just kind of this edge to it that I really liked in that in that track. And it's just wild. The one where they're basically in hell. That's like the main theme, I guess, of the... Well, it's not the Zim song, which becomes like it's the Zim. Bim. The Bim hour where you have to exercise while this Bim song's playing. And basically... St- Stop and drop everything and do exercise <laughs> dances during the BIM hour. Yeah, people in the middle of surgery just stopping. Mm-hmm. So that's like probably the main song. But there's the Apple one where they're actually in hell and there's like demons and there's security force that have like these underbites that are all they, ogre style. They look very much like ogres. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. It's so out there. And there's so many weird biblical references, but all the names have been changed. Like Mr. Top. Is it Tops? Yeah, Mr. Tops. Coming at the very end. You're like, this character hasn't been discussed at, at all. At all. Not at any, at any point. At all. For the entire movie until like the final scenes when mm-hmm. suddenly Mr. Tops comes down from heaven. Yeah. And says, enough of you. I'm going to go start a new planet or whatever. Basically, that's what he's saying. Yeah. I'm going to start over with the these fine people and... Without you. Yeah, basically he takes all the hippies mm-hmm. that were living out in the middle of this park, which seemed very prescient because mm-hmm. of what's going on in Los Angeles County mm-hmm. with how the L.A. police have been cracking down on homeless people and forcing them out of parks and stuff. It's like, it's the exact same thing. It's them coming in, marching and beating their batons against the riot shields as they go yeah. in to force these people out of this park it's just weird well, they're, how trying, prescient. they're trying to find bb it's like this was like 40 years ago mm-hmm. and the same fucking things are happening yep yeah they're looking for bb because she had breach of contract because alfie came to her and she realized yeah i don't want to be doing this i want to be with you yeah and i had that weird song about the love child and suddenly they have this kid that's like Four years older. It's only been like a year uh-huh. since uh, Alfie and BB got back together and are living in the commune. And they have a kid that looks... It's a toddler. Yeah, That's it's a, a toddler. toddler. Yeah. That, that baby can speak. That was just weird. But yeah, if you're into weird movies and just really out there... Guy playing Mr. Boogaloo. Oh. He is amazing. And yes. his, he has amazing life. Mm-hmm. But his performance is just so good and decent voice and like he's really selling it just fully commits and that can really sell a movie if you just people really commit to it even as chilly and can't chilly chilly cheesy and camp it is yeah it's great oh one weird thing that we noticed is that the men are more undressed than the women yes that there's a lot of near naked male bodies in this movie and Mm -hmm. The women typically pretty well-dressed. 
You don't really yeah. see much. Probably the skimpiest outfits I saw in the women were during that lobby scene. Right. Um, with all the women dressed like showgirls. Yeah, those, they had that kick line thing. Yeah, though that was about the skimpiest there was, which is was still relatively tame. And they were a ballet group, and it's like, that's not ballet. Mm-hmm. That's like kick line dancing. That's yeah. not... Ballet. Ballet doesn't include high-heeled shoes on women, yeah, guys. Um, yeah, where's your flats? I took ballet. I know that. Yeah. You have ballet slippers and toe <laughs> shoes. Of course, toe shoes absolutely destroy your feet. And yeah, they honestly, do. it's really horrible. And you have a very, very short life as a prima ballerina. Mm-hmm. And you get to the point where you can't dance anymore because of your feet. It yep. just destroys your body. And it promotes unhealthy eating practices as well right so although i do enjoy the discipline and the talent that it takes to be a ballet dancer it is problematic that whole industry is very problematic yes so and destroy your body yeah it's like gymnastics is the same thing completely destroy your body wreck your knees your back everything yeah for what yeah and then it come to the end and i'm watching the credits i'm like nigel lifka was the choreographer yeah if you follow so you think you can dance he's the executive producer and one of the judges and he was the guy who choreographed the dances mm-hmm. that was crazy yeah and, I, and once i knew that i'm like well yeah i can understand that now this mm-hmm. did have a very nigel vibe now that i'm looking yeah, at it, it definitely did I would absolutely watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a cult movie for a reason. Yeah, it was really fun mm-hmm. and weird. Yeah, very weird movie. If you like weird movies, that's that's a recommend. Yeah, I keep seeing things through the blinds. That's probably kids playing. It's a warmer night than usual. Oh, that's <laughs> another weird thing is that the city came by and fixed our front sidewalk. Well, they haven't fixed it yet. Yeah, well, they poured <laughs> concrete, and so we're just waiting for yeah. it to dry, which is weird because we've been having a lot of rain lately. Yeah, okay. So we have three more things to get through. All right. Uh, we rewatched Shang Chi because it came out on Disney Plus. It was good the second time. Uh, I in fact I think I enjoyed it more the second time because yeah. I knew what to pay attention to that I wasn't able to pay attention to all of it at the first run. Right. And so I paid attention to different things this go through and enjoyed it. Even more. It's kind of funny because about the time we were watching it for the second time, people were watching it for the first. Mm-hmm. So it was fun seeing like our friends in England talk about it. Like, oh, wow, there's a lot of water bending in this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's because uh, the water bending of Avatar is based on Tai Chi. Those yeah. are the same moves. Oh, so much Tai Chi in this movie. Yeah, I there's a it. lot of Tai Chi. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And this time around... When we got to the point where we discover that uh, Trevor Slattery is is holed up at Dad's compound, and Morris. Yep. So we have Morris, the little whatever he is. Yeah. And so, and I'm like, wow, Morris sounds an awful lot like Murph on Star Trek Prodigy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll bet that's Dee Bradley Baker. So I look it up. It was Dee Bradley Baker. <laughs> yep, doing the little animal type noises mm-hmm. of both. So have now headcanoned it so that our little friend Morris is like an early predecessor of Murph. Wow. And that, you know, several hundred years in the future, that'll be, that species will be what Murph is now. Okay. Fantastical, interdimensional being that becomes Murph later. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that works. Because Murph hasn't shown us all his secrets yet. No, he could become a six-legged, faceless, winged creature at any moment. Yeah, or not. Or not. Or not. Yeah, there's so much Asian culture in Shang-Chi. And we talked about that before. But yeah, it was super engaging and entertaining. It's, it's the so second good. Time. It's yeah. so good. 
And, oh my god, Tony Leung is just a genius. Yeah, he's so good in it. Such si- a complicated character. Simu Liu, also magnificent. Mm-hmm. Because he plays, like, happy-go-lucky really, really yep. well. But when he gets serious, oh boy. Oh yeah, and Aquafina is just great. And her moment, too, where she lets loose that arrow. Mm-hmm. Such a great moment. Aquafina is just a genius in everything mm-hmm. she does. That's yep. all I have to say about that. <laughs> So, yes, loved watching that again. Want to have it for our very own. <laughs> so when it becomes available at the end of November, we will actually own it. Yes, I know I could watch it on Disney+, Plus, but I want to actually have it for my Yeah, own. she likes to have physical media, especially when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Indeed. Just really enjoyed that again. Mm-hmm. Just really so good. And even on a smaller screen. Didn't matter. Didn't no, matter. Yeah. In fact, I think I probably picked up more with it being on a small screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see that. By screen, I see. I mean 32 inches. Yeah. So yeah. yay for Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last two things were things that we watched during October for Halloween movies. Right. So there was a Saturday, the Saturday before Halloween that, or the week before Halloween, that we were going to watch something else and you just didn't feel like watching that thing. And oh, I said... No. Well, we can watch Rift Tracks Live. And I said, I was saving the House on Haunted Hill Rift Tracks Live for Halloween, but we could watch it this week. And we watched it and had a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. Because we have a commentary to that film as well. But there's something I didn't pick up on is that the psychiatrist character calls it a sedative. Sedative. It's not a sedative. It's a sedative. Sedative. Well, he's got this very um, almost British accent. Yeah. That's sort of, he, he's got a really strong mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. thing going on Mid-Atlantic there. leading more towards the British, British Isles yes. than, than the U.S. Definitely. It's almost over, darling. The way he says is ours or a dead yeah. giveaway. So, yeah. It's just so funny. And the pilot guy you know the test pilot guy's like how how could i find a way to hurt myself now <laughs> yeah i'm gonna run into this wall i'm gonna injure my shoulder here <laughs> just so many funny things that's one of their best live shows yeah it's really great and uh, it has the most bizarre absolutely bizarre shorts Short? before yeah. it uh, just wow it's an amazing or magically magical disappearing disappearing money. money, the one with the grocery store witch mm-hmm. who tells them everything they can get cheaper by adding more time to their production of their meals. Mm-hmm. It's like instead of getting those breaded bits of you know celery or whatever, you could get the bread and the celery separately and make your own. It's like, well, that's kind of why I was getting this, so I wouldn't have to do that. But yeah. oh well. Pudding cups, oh, it's cost so much to have these individual packages. Just make pudding. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the whole point. I don't want to make pudding. I want to buy the pudding ready-made. <laughs> yeah, that's the convenience of having a ready-made product. She also brought some poor delivery guy in and out of existence. And yeah, and he just, just like, wandered off screen like, No, 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 she made him disappear. Oh, yeah, disappear again. She made him disappear. He just could have stood there confused for a bit. He was a milk guy. Yeah. And then she changed his milk to asparagus, and then she made him disappear to God knows where. Yeah, the cornfield. He's out in the cornfield, which could mean very bad things, whether you are a Twilight Zone (laughs) fan or Mm. whether you are a children of the corn (laughs) fan. Either way, Mm. it's not good news. It's turned into a jack-in-the-box. Oh, God. (laughs) Dear God. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
episode. Anyway. Thank well, me. Fuck you too. You know, <laughs> with people with phones and texting and being able to call people, nobody should have to honk their horn in front of a place anymore. I know, right? That's just so It's dumb. like there's no reason to do that. You've got a phone. Just text the person. Say, hey, I'm here. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Ugh. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Uh, and the other one we watched was Manos, The Hands of Fate, which pretty much Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater is known for exposing to people in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like hardly anybody would know about this movie except for them. Unless you're into weird cinema, you might have already been exposed to it before they ever got to it. Yeah. I do love the Rift Tracks version. The Mystery Science Theater version is great, but the Rift Tracks version has completely different version, different yeah. jokes. It seems like Rift Tracks has a slightly sharper edge mm. than a lot of the MST3K thing because I think because of broadcasting. Yes, exactly. It's like Rift Tracks can go a little harder, a little naughtier. And yeah. so there's stuff about the dad in it being the guy who wrote and directed it. And there's a scene where he's tied up to a pole and there's this woman licking his face. It's like, okay, this director, he wrote that scene in there. He's just sitting there, this woman licking his face. Yeah. Because apparently who wanted that scene? Yeah. Hey, remember, folks, this is the guy that wrote and blocked this scene Mm -hmm. and directed it. So, yeah, yeah. it's just, oh, it's such a terrible movie. But it had such great jokes. Like, there's that scene where they're standing there looking at the painting for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Torgo comes out and uses his, like, staff with the hand at the end of it to touch the shoulder of the man. And they all jump and he's like, damn it, Torgo, no, we have to start Start all all over again. (laughs) Start this, watching this this painting scene all over again. And then there's that other scene where Torgo comes out kind of stumbling. He's like, yeah, make me feel like dancing. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just so many fantastic moments in that. And also some crazy shorts. That was the first time we ever saw Norman in Welcome Back, Norman. Norman. It's the guy who would sigh over everything and just had a shitty life. It wasn't a a sigh. It was a... It was so pointless. It's like, what's the point of this at all? You're not teaching us anything. There was no lesson here. It's just this guy who just makes really dumb decisions. Yeah, it's like, who is this for? Yep, is this a comedy, I guess? We're supposed to be laughing at this poor schlump of a man? Yeah, it's just like... He gets himself into most of these messes. I mean, it wasn't his fault that two cars parked really close to him. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, it, they're just, <laughs> it's just so, why? It's just so yeah. why? 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 Just why? Why? And there's at least two other shorts of him. Oh. At least two others. Yeah. Because I have seen them. Wow. Unfortunately. And then there's the one about, at your fingertips, cylinders. Cylinders. Oh, it's cylinders. the same one that's... From the same, like, educational group that did the thing about grass. Yes, at your and, fingertip, grass. And how to play with grass is like, what are you doing? You can weave grass into this thing. You can 
Make a headdress. Why would yeah, I do that? Oh, that was a whole separate one. Because, see, there was doing things with grass. Uh-huh. And then there was making masks of grass. Right. Those were two separate crazy-ass shorts. At your fingertips, masks. <laughs> at your fingertips, cylinders. And they did the one with the horse that looked like I had a raging erection. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was basically the head and neck of the horse. Mm. And the way that it was, the way that it, they showed it. When it was like your wiener head horse is almost ready. <laughs> yep. And then he's like, it's like there's a little perforation and you bend the the top of it down and it mm. looks like a horse head. Yeah. And, and just earlier that day, we had discovered the word ungulate. Ungulate. And it was mentioned in this short. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about the Ruined podcast and how deers appear in horror movies all the time. So many times. And that, yeah. I think they were calling them cervids. Cervid is accurate. Also, yeah, ungulates, because those are the ones with, you know, like cows, I think, are an ungulate. A hippos, strangely, yeah. too. I think they're like three-toed or cloven-hoofed things. Yep. Uh, it, well, not cloven-hoofed, um, but hoofed things. But anyway, <laughs> cylinders. Cylinders. That's one of the best ones, honestly. One of the best shorts they've ever done. It's just so funny. Yeah, those ones. Because the kids are kind of creepy on their own right, and they're doing creepy things mm-hmm. that seem like a total waste of time. Of And resources. Yeah, like taking a cylinder and putting a piece of paper over it and poking holes in it and then shining a light through it to make like a star system. With cylinders, this blah, blah, blah becomes a planetarium. Does it? Does it? it? <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. And then I love at the end, this girl is is shining this through the cylinder with the poles on the other side. And she's got this really creepy smile. Mm -hmm. And Bill goes, I made you something. (laughs) Isn't this the one where the announcer disappears for like minutes at an end? Yes. And they're like, I guess he went out for a cigarette. Oh, he's back, everybody. Or they're making the lockdown. Is, I need to notch this for are, are these cylinders too? I need to talk about cylinders. I think I'm ready to move on to trapezoids. No, kid, you're not ready. Get out of there. Oh, no, trapezoids is way too scalable. The lockout announcer's getting yep. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. I think my, one of my favorite shorts is still the uh, Medieval Society one. Oh, dear God, that With one the was With the shoemaker. Oh, Jesus. That one was at the beginning of Hobgoblins, the mm, live show. Yeah. When that is available, yeah. I am going to watch that again. Hobgoblins was so bad until towards the end. Oh, God, it was hilarious like, at the end. Even riffing it, it wasn't saving it. And then, you know, once they get into that club, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now now I'm involved. Mm-hmm. But, oh, getting there. Woof. Yeah. Right, that's our all review review show, I guess. Yeah. How long have we been going? Oh, uh, we're about where we would normally be after editing, so okay. we're, we're not quite at 140. Well, we did pretty well, considering all the things we talked about. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, we managed to do it, and you know, Pitch Perfect was the big one, because that was the one that we had the most to say. About. Yeah, I've, I've already ordered the three-movie Blu-ray. Yeah, I understand the sequels aren't as good, but... They're still entertaining. Apparently, they are on Amazon. They all had like four and a half star ratings. Oh, that's nice. So, just depends on who you ask. I yeah, guess. I guess so. Well, it's always hard to, you know, lightning in a bottle kind of thing. It's yeah, hard well, to keep up the energy of the first one. Honestly, if Anna is in it, I'm in. Yeah. Because I noticed a lot of uh, gifts are with Anna Kendrick doing whatever kind of boom or whatever in your face or whatever, mm. you know, kind of 
posturing she does in this in these films yeah because yeah. she's very expressive she is she's so fun to watch yeah. all right uh, shout outs shout outs hey. hey my shout out is to ed our beer connoisseur and our metal expert and listener over in ireland he's having occasional discussions with him on twitter usually about bass playing he likes to share really cool metal tracks that he finds and likes to show me somebody playing like five or six string bass guitar and just going to town on it so love you ed i hope you are safe and well i think he recently got his second vaccine shot i think he's clear to go places and pretty much says he's not gonna go places <laughs> yeah well guess what it's uh it's a scary world out yeah, there still it's probably smarter in the long run stay home yeah, well, after our experience at Shang-Chi, I'm like, we're not going to the movies anymore no. until people can act in a responsible manner. Yeah, because, yeah, we are masked up, but there are a lot of people who were not. And yeah. there's people, like, sitting right next to us, and it's like, uh, no, no, mm. thank you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Observe Mm-mm. social distancing Mm-mm. standards when selling those seats, folks. I did look up recently to see what the advisements are for the booster in Utah, and I don't think we're quite on that list yet. We're not. Right now, even if it had been six months since our second dose, mm-hmm. we would still have to be 65 or older, immunocompromised, or work in a high-risk environment. Yeah. And I'm not quite there because there's protocols where I work, and I'm masked up. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, there's a mandate at my work, too. So, if you're not vaccinated, boot, or they'll find a way for you, for you to work from home. Yeah, well, I don't want unvaccinated people there. No, I don't want unvaccinated people working around me. No. I, I'm sorry, but I don't want their freedom to kill me. <laughs> no, okay? no. That's, that's the weird thing is like, okay, your freedom's more important than my health. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to be killed by anybody's freedom, no. frankly. Yeah. Whether it be freedom. to shoot me in the face yeah. or to kill me with coronavirus. Well, that's the weird thing about freedom and something that reading a little French existentialist philosophy will kind of put straight is that freedom does not exclude you from responsibility in fact freedom is responsibility if you are free to make choices then you are responsible for those choices you make and so if you choose not to get a vaccine and you get sick or get others sick you are responsible for that so yeah if you're going to claim freedom then you should claim responsibility for that freedom all right what's your shout out darling my shout out is basically to all the international friends of mine on Twitter, especially who are absolutely devastated that they can't watch Star Trek Discovery right now. I totally feel your pain. I have been excluded from things in my life, and it's not a good feeling. It's no. not a good feeling, and it really sucks when it is something that should be available to everybody. Yeah, yeah, especially with a series... With a franchise that's about, you know, the post-scarcity reality and yeah. having things available to all and being a story about delivering things to everybody and not have that made available to people because of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. That just really sucks. And I have a lot of artist friends on Twitter who mm-hmm. now can't do any fan art. because yeah, they can't make any new images and yeah. that's what people want. They want the new stuff. Yeah. So, and who wouldn't want if you were yeah. if I were a good artist, I would absolutely want to draw everything I could mm-hmm. from the season one premiere, and yeah. it's just it's and, just not possible. Yeah, for... that's no longer available. And podcasters, mm-hmm. if you're an overseas podcaster that's doing a Star Trek podcast, and suddenly Star Trek's no longer available to you to watch, yeah. 
unless you have like physical media on hand to do older stuff. Yeah, but doing premieres, yeah, it's it's a horrible decision. There's really no good excuse for this. I don't care what the circumstances were between yep. these two companies. There is no excuse for screwing over all of these people for the pettiness of a bunch of big wigs and lawyers. Yeah. Especially with the release date in mind, and you screw things up right in the 11th hour. It's like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no reason for that. It, somebody dropped the ball. Yeah. Basically, they both took their balls and went home. Yeah. Sorry, all you international uh, viewers of Star Trek. It's a really sucky thing, and we feel for you. And I, for one, I'm going to do my part not to provide spoilers at all to Same. anything uh, that's happening in these recent episodes of Star Trek. So I'm going to avoid exposing you to anything. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, and with that, I guess we can uh, shut this down and come back maybe in a week. With another episode, uh, decide what we're going to talk about then. Okay. So, yeah. So we're doing it next week? Well, I think we need another November episode. Okay. Cause oh, well, we can do it on a day other than Saturday, because Saturday I will have Unready Room and yep. Vedic Assembly. Or I could do another solo, although I'll have to determine what I'm going to talk about. Honey, I'm off for five days That's next true. Week. That's true. We're, we both have really long holiday weekend yeah because i took friday off i've got wednesday off because i had a scheduling issue thing and then of course thursday's the holiday if you practice because i think a lot of people are reconsidering practicing thanksgiving american thanksgiving anyway yeah well yeah it's a lovely time to get together with family but it's guys we're still in a pandemic (laughs) well also the history of it is kind of sketchy oh the history of it is completely sketchy yeah so it's like people doing friends giving instead or, you know, finding other ways to celebrate without having it mean the same thing it originally did. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that we're taught such a sanitized version. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so basically what you're telling me is that Puritans or whatever got here and they were like, no, no, we don't need your help. We're taking over this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then by wintertime, they're starving because they don't understand the climate of this place that they've come to, the weather <laughs> yep. patterns, the soil, nothing. They have no idea what they're doing because they are just like, oh, no, we're just going to come over here and start over. Yeah, it ain't that simple. Nope. Now the natives are so, like, please, you know, we have enough. Please take some food. And so they take that food and then slaughter all of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's not a thing to celebrate. Just like Columbus Day isn't a thing to celebrate. Nope. So let's just change the narrative. Make Columbus Day Indigenous People's Day. Well, that's what most people call it now. What to do with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, with that, I'll call it for now and uh, speak to you possibly in a week. You're Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with me, Brandy, and also David Jackola. Follow me on Twitter at BrandyWine12. Brandy is spelled with an I. Dave is at Dark Corner Cast. We have a group and a fan page on Facebook. Both are at the Dark Corner Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcasts Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast, The Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, and What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. You can see me discuss Star Trek Live on the Unready Room and the Kurt Ratz Productions YouTube channel. Kurt Ratz is Star Trek spelled backwards. 
I host my own podcast, Headcanon, wherein I guide you through the mazes of my mind. The dark track was offered for free as a promotional item or submitted by the artist or artist representative. The opening track is unbelievable as covered by Batavia. The closing track is At Last the End as covered by Cat Temper. All other music is used for illustrative purposes and no infringement of copyright is intended. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Dark Corner Podcast on Anchor.fm. And thank you for allowing us the time to keep you in the dark.